You actually have to be on cocaine to be on this podcast. What's up, everybody? You're listening to yet another edition of Cocaine Willie. I am your commissioner, Bob Trollsby. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host, the good chef, Andre Napier, and Fireball Matt Marchesini. Tonight, we're going to talk a little bit about last weekend's game against SEMO, uh, which will be old news by the time you're listening to this, but we're not going to talk about it ad nauseum. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about our predictions for uh, this weekend's matchup against the Troy you Trojans. The loop drives me crazy. I always forget to turn that off. Anyway, we're going to talk about Chef's recipe for success against Troy this week. And we have our locks that we're going to review last week's locks and talk a little bit more about our locks for week two. I'll just be honest. My locks were anything but last weekend. So uh, everybody else did way better than I did. And uh, we're going to talk about that. But Guys, let's talk a little bit about that matchup against SEMO. Uh, as you all know who are listening to this, K-State came out victorious with a 45 to nothing victory against the Southeast Missouri State Red Hawks uh, in a really great showing where we saw Will Howard pass, rush, and receive a touchdown. We saw Avery Johnson put on some jets and, and did some incredible stuff as QB2. I guess just to just to dive right in, what were what were some of your takeaways from that matchup against SEMO, uh, and how do you think that's going to inform how the team is going to do this weekend in the matchup against Troy? Well, golly, boys, that SEMO dub was just what the doctor ordered. You know, you can't those week ones always give you a little bit of nerves, especially you look around the Big Twelve, and some of them they they landed on the landmine and. They didn't come out on the other end looking bright. So we we did what we needed to do. I don't know if the team would be a little disappointed in not getting a 50 burger like they want. They thought they would be able to average for the season, but offense looked crisp other than one little hiccup by Will Howard. And then the defense, you pitch a shutout, there's really nothing you can complain about. Matt, I, I want to know what you got to say about that rushing defense, maybe. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, defensively, we just really overwhelmed that team. Um, it was great to see how well uh, the defensive line played, um, as well as our linebackers. I mean, uh, we've talked ad nauseum about uh, the the nose tackle position and, and maybe what we were going to have outside of Uso Samalu if he wasn't going to play in this game. And we very much saw two very – good capable backups to Uso kind of come out of the woodwork. Um, I thought Javon Banks just, he, he sped around the field um, and uh, Damian Alalio looked really, really good. Um, there were a few plays, especially in that first half where he was uh, wreaking havoc on the inside and that was getting um, opportunities for our linebackers to come in and get to the quarterback or um, one of our defensive ends getting to the quarterback. The, the fact that we were able to stop a, a really good rusher like Gino Hess um, throughout that game was very much a credit to, I, I mean, I think the talent on, on our defense uh, is 
we've always known it's, it's going to be extremely good, but um, you know, Joe Klanderman put together a really good game plan against that offense. And we were able to really see uh, just how effective, or I guess how SEMA was not as effective, how we were really effective and just, um, you know, creating tackle or uh, creating plays at a loss or, or, or minimal game plays that really kept, uh, you know, really just kept our defense, um, you know, off the field. I, I talked about this last week, but when we were when we were previewing the game with Sam Herter, one of the things that he mentioned was that Geno Hess was was going to be a guy to watch. And I think I, I think I said, like, I brought up Ty J Spears from from Tulane and I brought up Bijan Robinson last year. And, and some of K-State's worst games last season were against rushing threats where they just ran all over us. The, this team only gave up six yards on on Saturday rushing. That's that's an insane stat to me. And Geno Hess specifically had negative four rushing yards. So the the one guy that that, that they needed as a key to a victory or, or to at least keep it competitive on Saturday, I think what that was a huge victory for the defense. So I'm glad that you brought that up. Yeah, that guy is a that guy was. If you listen to what Sam had to say, that is a FBS running back. And I don't know if it was the penetration from the D line because they served it up all night. I mean, it was just constant flow of bodies to Gino whenever he got the ball. And it was it was just great team defense. They had a they had a player in mind that they needed to shut down and they executed perfectly. We can get to a look if you want to get to a little bit of what you know bothered you a little bit from Simo. I think that perimeter defense, you know, guys getting off of blocks on these, you know, tiny out routes where they're gaining seven yards. And then five yards after the catch because, you know, we're not getting off of blocks. And I think a lot of it has to do with, I think, Kobe Savage. As well as he played, he didn't seem to have that spark getting to, you know, the outside. I think inside the box he was great, but like a little bit out in space. It was, you know, he was just a touch slow. And then Siegel, where the fuck were you at? suspended that's kind of crazy i don't know if we need to talk about that but you know maybe a full healthy defense next week minus one it we can we can clean those up yeah and something to mention i mean southeast missouri state really did not push our safeties or secondary in a way um, where they were going for the deep ball or anything like that their game plan was we're going to try and get you know, five, six yards, you know, a pass, try and try and do stuff like that. And so I I think Kobe Savage wasn't in a position where he's having to, you know, defend balls at 30 yards down the field. Um, And which may, may be good just overall, um, not just for him, but I'm saying like, that's one, uh, one area of the field that I still have a lot of questions about because Simo did not push our, our secondary really. Um, and we're going to be seeing a quarterback next week who was pretty effective throwing the football. Um, so it will be interesting to see, uh, you know, how, how much more our secondary is going to be actually kind of engaged in this, in the game um, on Saturday, just because I don't feel like Southeast Missouri state really, <laughs> really their game plan was not trying to pass it 30, 35 yards and trying to find a, a chunk play like that. And I don't think he had the time either. I mean, our D-line was on his ass. I mean, I think everybody except for maybe Mott had a sack. Ilio had a sack. Uso had a sack. Duke had a sack. Uh, 
Nate had a sack. It just good pressure by the D line. It was just it was just a great game. I mean, all around good game. There's really hard to nitpick that. I guess I'm curious for for the two of you looking at this Troy matchup. One of the things that that Thomas Gleaton mentioned in in the pod that dropped on Tuesday is that their rushing threat's going to be very solid. So similar to what we heard last week about Geno Hess, we've got this Kamani Vital guy who rushed for 248 yards against Stephen F. Austin last week. Do you think that this team defense and and the rush the rushing uh, the the defense against the rush for K State? is going to do what they did last week and, and hopefully hold them to a decent amount of yards or, or under a decent amount of yards? Or do you think that for whatever reason, SEMO is a flash in the pan? I don't know. I've been driving for like 10 hours today, so I'm really fucking tired. <laughs> no, no I, me and me and Matt are playing. Decide who yeah, wants to go yeah. first. I want Matt to go first. Yeah. I wanted to go first too. So, uh, no, I, uh, God, now I just completely blanked. God damn it. No, I'm Defense kidding. Against the <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Be a repeat of that this week or or not? I, I have a lot of confidence that we will. Um, am I expecting that Troy is going to overall have six rushing yards for the entire game? No. Um, I think we're going to see them pick up some yards on the ground. Um, yeah. The thing that I, I really liked about the, the defensive line and the linebackers for this past game was no matter the competition that you're playing, we got a lot of guys reps in that game that I feel comfortable in saying that they would be able to come in in this matchup against Troy and bring some new energy, bring um, bring more stamina into the game. Um, I think Asa Newsom was a guy that this past Saturday, I loved watching him fly around the field. Toby O. Um, there's going to be guys in this game on Saturday that we saw last week that are going to really help us in that rushing attack um, and getting to the quarterback. Ultimately, our success year in and year out, if we're able to really, I, I've always felt we have a great offensive line and returning quarterback, that's that's awesome. But if you have a defensive line and you have linebackers that can get pressure to the quarterback to cause some type of havoc on a, on a consistent basis throughout these games, are we tend to be really, really good in those seasons. And so, albeit this opponent this past week, I mean, we we look like we overpowered them. If we can continue that into this Saturday, I won't necessarily be as worried as I am about this game. Um, as I, I, I think you think about the two lane game last year and you think of some of these teams that have come in, um, that's always in the back of your mind. But I also felt this past week that it may be a little bit more of a struggle to score or we'd be giving up more points and we didn't do so. So I, I think that that just shows the strength of this coaching staff and the leadership on this team to, you know, it's a business trip every game, you know, to, you have to be effective. For me, what we saw this week versus SEMO, you know, they, they overpowered them. Like Matt was saying, they just overpowered them. We had, we had the superior athletes. Now, when Troy comes to town, it's a it's a step up, but I still think we have the athletes, but it's a totally different offense that we're going to see because the conversation we had with Thomas, he, he brought up three tight ends. And from the little bit of snippets that I saw versus uh, Stephen F. Austin, 
they ran a lot of two tight end sets and tons of play action off of it and a lot of big bodies up front for their running back to find holes. And I also listened to what's their head coach, Summerall? Summer, Summerall? I think that's their head coach's name. Uh, he previewed K-State and he talked about how they just missed – they had the athletes to beat Stephen F. Austin, but they were still missing assignments, still missing blocks. And the reason why they were able to get those offensive yards versus Stephen F. Austin was because they just had the superior athletes. They're not going to be able to do that in Manhattan. So can we go downhill? Can we attack them just like we did, just like we did SEMO? I sure hope so. I think we're also going to need to bring a lot of big bodies, and that's why I haven't Uso finally at, maybe at full strength. Maybe uh, he's on listed as the starter on the depth chart. That would be incredible to have a big body like that readily available to plug some holes up the middle. So, Chef, if you had to narrow it down to your recipe for success, what would you say that is against Troy? I would. I was going to go with offensive line. But, you know, Gunner, man, Matt scared the hell out of me with our conversation with Thomas because he threw, he slung around four touchdown passes. But I think we have to get to – we have to get to the quarterback and we have to stay responsible in the back end on those play actions because they run a ton of play actions. With the two tight ends, like I mentioned earlier, we have to stay – we have to stay consistent on the back end and not fall for the traps. We just gotta we've got to stay in our lane and just whip it up, baby. Whip it up in that kitchen. Get those ingredients that we figured out last week and put them in a pot and just stay stay within the recipe. Don't go out, don't go out hunting for something else. Stir it up, baby. And and Fireball Matt, we're we're also gonna take a look at your uh, your segment. So what is what is your burn it down segment of the week this week? And and feel free to burn down whatever you want. Oh my god, you guys just stress. <laughs> Gosh, you know the burn it down of the week was. There were many times during that game where I felt that if I was thrown into a fire. This is how it would feel because of how hot it was. Um, no, I mean, that that's very true. Uh, you know, I would say the burn it down moment of the week. I admit I had a burn it down moment when Will Howard threw the interception because it looked not great at the time. Uh, throwing it into triple coverage. I'm like, this isn't 2020. What are we doing here? I did rewatch the game today and the pressure that he did get from the inside of the offensive line um, or uh, the defensive it, line. It, it, came, it came from, it came from uh, Willis. I mean, that right tackle. He, and as soon as that happened, the turnover, the next offensive possession, Cooper was out of the right. Tackle. They switched it up. Yeah. So I did have a burn it down moment when he threw the interception, but Overall, there weren't many burn it down moments in this game for K State. There are plenty of burn it down moments for SEMO, but what's got it? We got to keep it K State related as uh, the most pessimistic one in this trio. 
I love it. I'm glad that we uh, we were able to get the recipe for success and the burn it down moment from last week. Let's fire up our predictions. Chef, I'll, I'll throw it to you first. Oh, baby. This is a tough one because, I mean, if we think about what, you know, the consensus for last week was, I think we all thought we were going to score a lot of points. That, that was accomplished, mission accomplished. Did we think the defense was going to look that strong? I, I can honestly say I didn't think it would look like that. I thought Simo had enough talent that would, you know, give this a lot of those first timers a look. So a shutout, that kind of skews my expectations for next week's. And I'm going to say 40, what did I have written down there? 41, 20, 41, 20. I think they have enough firepower to give us, some run but i think we're gonna our offense is just going to shred them to pieces shred them to pieces wow. 41 41 versus a troy team i think that's solid dude yeah um Are we, do you really expect 50 burgers do you no think we can no 50? no i don't um this was a game where if i didn't know if i had to guess the predict the troy game prior to last week I would have thought like 27, 21. Um, the way that our offense moved the ball this past week in a lot of different ways got me super excited for how they're going to change their game plan week to week to suit whatever you can against that opponent's defense. Um, I am predicting 38-17, which I did predict that for last week's score, but I do think is an appropriate score for this game based off of what I did see on Saturday. Um, I have a lot of respect for this Troy program, um, and we heard a lot of great things from Thomas um, on our last show. And a couple things that can, I would say from Troy that would concern me is the number of miscues that they had in their game and the fact that they did give up 30 points to a Stephen F. Austin team who is not projected to be very good. It was so, six and five last year. I mean, they're kind of booty. Yeah. Um, so it makes me think we're going to be able to score. And I do think our defense um, is going to make some plays, um, get some turnovers for this game. Um, so I'm thinking 38-17. And then just to add my additional for prediction, uh, the over-under for shots this week is three and a half. And I did reach the over last week from four and a half. It's almost a little unfair that you get to say. I know. It is, un it, is, it is unfair because I know that it's going to hit every time. <laughs> I'm going to go 45 to 10 cats. I think, I think this is going to be a lot of points for, for K-State. Um, just seeing that Troy gave up 30 points to SFA last week, but they, they gave up 30 points on 136 yard passing and 104 yards rushing. That that's not a whole lot of production for the amount of points that SFA got. So I, I do agree. I think that the defense is going to score uh, at least once, maybe twice. Uh, and they're going to pressure and, and it's going to be it's going to be a route. And, and the, the reason another reason why I'm picking K-State to win by this much is every year Kleiman comes into these matchups, whether it was against West Virginia or Oklahoma State, the teams he hadn't beaten yet in conference play. 
you've got this G5 curse that's going on. There's no way that Chris Kleiman is going to let this team fall asleep this week. Absolutely no way. Okay. Two things off of two things off of what you said. Do we see alternates? What? Like K State alternates? Yeah, uniforms. Oh, I mean, oh, I see. Last, year, last year we pulled it out versus Tulane and got our heads drugged. No, there will okay, no. So no alternates the whole year. No, I feel like if you're if you're gonna pull out the alternates, you have to do it on like week one against Semo. If you're if you're not gonna do it against Semo. And somehow we would still lose that game. It's not going to happen. It's ah. not going to happen. Okay. And then, well, off of what you were saying, the the defensive touchdowns and how you know how they look pedestrian uh, versus Stephen F. Austin with the sloppy play, like Matt was saying. Are, are you a little surprised that we didn't attack Steve um, Stemo in special teams at all? I said this in the middle of the game. I'm like, our special teams. I mean. We could talk about Chris Tennant because he uh, he had a great game. He was great. And, I mean, um, no co- no corner cutting. He was exactly how I projected and thought Chris Tennant, a monster leg, and he's hitting them so straight and consistent. That's exactly what I was saying at the preseason, that if he touches the ball, it's going 45. So, like, just just guide it. Don't even guide it in there. Just hammer it like like we know you can. Not to mention kicking it out of the end zone on every single kickoff as well. Yeah. I, I, it, it does make me wonder. Philip Brooks, so you could read some stuff on KSO and, and how people are kind of grading his game on Saturday. Um, I thought he had an okay game. Like I, I did. Um, he did muff a punt, which is always a concern. Um, but he, I mean, he picked it up. That's fine. It was fine. Okay. Um, that's the type of game where you look at special teams, like special teams, you're going to have certain coverages that you're going to put into place, you know, in bigger games. Right. And, um, I think the strategy behind this one was, Hey, like if Philip gets an opportunity, you know, to run this back, that's great, but we're not going to put a, a massive amount of like coverage into some of these special teams, because this isn't necessarily a game we need to put that through. Um, but I was surprised that we did not get one punt return out of any of the punts that they had. I would have expected at least like one opportunity. We got none. Um, so, you know, special teams, obviously kick return, punt return is a huge thing for us. Um, in this upcoming game, maybe we'll see a little bit more from a a kick return perspective. Um, but that's got to continue to be one of our strengths. Um, and Philip Brooks has proven over time that he's, very good at, at the return uh, at punt returns and the like, but it was a little concerning to me to not even get one opportunity in, in Saturday's game. And with that, do we want to talk about our locks from last week? <laughs> uh, I'll yes, start it out. Let's just run, let's just run through the standing. So uh, Bob's locks went one and four. Matt's locks went four and one and chef's locks went three and two. So fireball Matt is in the lead so far this season with four wins and one loss. 
Uh, let's just go game by game real quick. So my locks were for the Big 12. Uh, I took Colorado at TCU. I took Colorado to cover. That would have been a great money line pick. They, they were plus 20 and a half. And I lost every single other prediction that I had. Uh, so I have West Virginia at Penn State. I picked them to cover. I thought they were maybe going to backdoor cover late. And then Penn State just, just ended up scoring again twice, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and then Penn State wins that game 38 to 15. Uh, UTSA Houston. That was another one where I was like, I think Dana Holgerson's going to get fired. I don't think this team's very good. All you hear about is how good Jeff Trailer and UTSA are. And, and they're in the, are they in the American this year? They got elevated to the American, right? So this is a banner year for UTSA. This is going to be a big year for their program. You would think uh, coming in with a lot of momentum, similar to like these, like UCF coming into the big 12 this year. Uh, but no, Houston, Houston wins that game 17 to 14. I was incredibly uh, upset about that one. Uh, and then the national games, uh, North Carolina versus South Carolina in Charlotte. I took South Carolina plus two and a half. Uh, that was that was not even close. North Carolina beat the brakes off of uh, South Carolina in that one for a final score of 31 to 17. And then Northern Iowa at Iowa State was my sicko game, uh, and I took UNI outright. Uh, Iowa State ended up winning that one. I thought it was going to be closer than it was, uh, but Iowa State ended up winning that one 30-9. But apparently Iowa State can't let fans into their stadium anymore because their ticket scanner's broken. So uh, maybe, maybe a little bit of a win for us there. Matt, let's talk about yours. Yeah, why don't we? As the four and one champ of week one, uh, I had Penn State obliterating West Virginia. I did have Wyoming covering uh, the 14 against Texas Tech, and that was a fantastic game. And Laramie, if you weren't able to watch, take a look at some of the highlights. Um, I did miss on BYU versus Sam Houston. Uh, that was an absolutely shitty game to watch. No highlights necessary. Uh, the national game of the week, I did pick Florida State to beat LSU, or at least cover the two and a half, but mostly because I thought Florida State was a better team than LSU, and they definitely played the part. And then the sicko game, and I told everybody in the entire world that you can't take Iowa at minus 24, minus 25, when they can't score 25 points, and they only scored 24 points in that entire game. So I took Utah State to cover plus 25, uh, four and one. You can look at the, the champ up here. The champ is here. Whatever. You know, I'm right behind you. And, you know, everybody was doubting me, you know, poo-pooing me, saying, Andre can't do this. Chef, you stink at picks. But look at me now. Look at me. I'm three and two. Floating, getting money. Pick my locks. You'll make some bread. But last week, you know, I, I was fighting for my own life. I, I forgot that Kent State was absolutely the worst team to ever garner a field. Uh, they're they're poo-poo. They're really, really bad. They might be worse than Archie State, and they got beat by 73. So uh, that was a bad pick by me. Plus 36, I thought, Lord, for the love of God, there's no way that you can't. But anyway. That one's gone. Archie State, no one even needs to talk about that. Oh, you blasted them into a, another division of football. Uh, Texas State, this one surprised the fuck out of me, honestly. Baylor, are we – what are we doing? 
is Dave Aranda? I saw this on Twitter. Is Dave Aranda the new Matt Campbell? Or like, is Texas State just good at football? Like I told you. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, they got an Auburn quarterback. Whatever. <laughs> Yo, TJ Finley balled out in that game, too. Dude, he was insane. You didn't even know who TJ Finley was last week. You thought it was KJ Jefferson the whole time. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm I listen, you're confusing me. You're you're confusing me. That's not what happened. Anyway, Texas State rolled Baylor, and I looked like a fool. Uh, my sicko game, Army versus ULM. And, you know, I'm I'm right there, baby. I'm picking that plus 10 every time. Army, they might have a worse offense than fucking Iowa. Um, and then my national game, mind you, I don't know what that means. So I, I picked Northwestern versus Rutgers, and Rutgers covered the six and a half, which I knew they would because that's a national game that everybody had their eyes on. Everybody watched that game. Everybody. Uh, so that that happened, and you know that got that got me to three and two. So, God bless America. You know that game. That game definitely had eyes on it because one person watched who had two eyes, and that's it. <laughs> that was <laughs> I didn't even know. I did not even know they played yesterday. I assumed that on game was on Saturday. National TV. <laughs> I had no idea they played yesterday. Oh my God! Yeah, I was not going to touch that game with a 10 foot pole and then the army game the army ulm game was interesting because you had tyrone howell uh, yeah playing for he made he balled, a, out. He balled he out he made a sick ass catch in the back of the end zone yeah. one-handed he played Crazy. well old old friend alert uh tyrone old howell uh all right week two locks we'll start it off let's start it off with fireball matt since he's in the lead so far uh so we'll kick it over to you to, to get us kicked off are you going through all of yours, or are you just going yeah. to want to? Yeah, no, I'm going to go through all mine. It's my turn. It's four and one's turn. Uh, all right. Uh, before I do start, um, we are going to have a little side bet on this one. Whoever loses has to do the next show wearing a hoodie under their whatever clothing they're wearing. So if you're wearing that polo uh, um, next week, you have to wear a hoodie under that. Okay. For the game, okay. So, I bet I say that you have to wear a girl's basketball jersey. <laughs> Either way, we know where to get one of those. Yeah. All right. Um. So starting off with my three Big Twelve picks, um, I'm gonna go Utah. Uh, they are seven point favorite at Baylor, especially with the news that Blake Shapin is not going to be playing for Baylor for the next few weeks. Um. This is, could be a backup quarterback special game if Cam Rising can't play for Utah. But Utah did look good um, in the first game of the season against Florida. Um, and so I do think they're going to cover the seven at Baylor. Um, I am going to go Alabama to cover the seven versus Texas in Tuscaloosa. Uh, I think this game is going to be like an eight to ten point game win for Alabama. I do think it will be relatively close. Um, you know, it, I I think it, it is very hard to win in Tuscaloosa and it's Texas. So I in the games that they've played like this early on in the season, it is a competitive game and then they don't win. Um, now, if they do win, then God, the hype train is going to be rolling and it's going to be annoying. Uh, and then I am picking Oregon uh, to cover the six and a half against Texas Tech in Lubbock. Uh, tech didn't look great this past weekend, albeit again, 
trying to go on the road first game of the season, especially at like a mountain West school. I would never want to do that if I was K state. Cause I just feel like there's a lot of things that could go wrong there. Um, but I'm going to have Oregon covering that the national game of the week. I've ranked Wisconsin team um, going on the road to Pullman and Washington state. I've Washington state covering six and a half. I think Washington state's going to win this game, but I'm definitely going to take the points. And then my sicko game of the week. Uh, so I just picked a random one. I would say it's random. I have a couple of buddies that went to this school in Pittsburgh and we talked this past weekend about them playing air force in Denver, but I am going to pick the Robert Morris Colonials outright versus St. Francis PA, a huge FCS matchup of 1-0 teams from Pennsylvania. I didn't even realize either of those teams had football, but hey, I I love it. Chef, we're going to throw it to you next because you are second on the leaderboard after last week. You're goddamn right. All right, so for me, with my Big 12 games – you know, I got my picks in last behind both of these scumbags. Uh, so I went UCF versus Boise State. I got Boise State. I mean, if you really want to do it, you could pick them outright. But I got Boise State winning that game, but I'm going to take the the points plus three and a half. Uh, in Boise, on the blue field, UCF looked good, but wait till they actually have to play somebody. And Boise State's no fucking slouch. Uh, then I'm going to go Oklahoma State. Minus the three and a half versus Arizona State. A freshman quarterback, Gundy, on the road, but I think they're going to be prepared versus Arizona State. And I think Gundy's going to – man, I'm kind of reverting – I'm kind of walking back my takes on Oklahoma State. They're going to be 2-0 after this game. But give me minus three and a half. I think they'll beat them by at least ten points. Um. Are we allowed to do over unders? Did we did we veto that? That's not a lot. You can throw it in as a special if you've won. Oh, like, wow, over unders. If you're gonna throw in an over under, like that can't be one of your three Big Twelve picks, your national pick or your sicko pick. But if you have like a oh, no, no. Guys, no no no, I actually I'm fine with it because it's not gonna happen. But just go. <laughs> you're gonna say over forty eight points in that game? Yeah. Absolutely. Cincinnati versus Pitt. Give me the over 48. I think if you really want to like throw me to the fire, Pitt beating them by eight, probably not. I don't think so. I think it'll be a touchdown game, but eight is eight is a weird number. Why eight? You know, that's just gross. Give me a, a touchdown, maybe. I, I think it's a rivalry game. It, it's a, it's weird, weird energy in that. I like it. Cincinnati on the road with something to prove. Satterfield, he's ugly. Um, so give me, give me the over forty-eight. But if it, if you guys are really gonna fight me on it, Pitt, uh, Cincinnati plus eight. And then my national game of the week, uh, Matt. That was a terrible national game of the week because Washington State, Wisconsin is almost as bad as Northwestern Rutgers. Uh, but I got Ole Miss versus Tulane. You know the. The Cotton Bowl champions from last year, 12 and 1, took down Caleb Williams in the uh in USC. They they've got a home game versus the SEC team in New Orleans. They're only seven point dogs. Woo, baby. Let's go. 
Kiffin's going down, Tulane plus seven. Uh, and then my sicko game, it, I couldn't really find one that's – I mean, just a little Mac action. OU versus Florida Atlantic. Florida Atlantic minus five. I mean, they've played – OU's played three games already. Jesus Christ, that's crazy. I mean, no – no You need to call them Ohio because people think you're so, – OU, Oklahoma's playing Florida Atlantic. Yeah, you need to know your audience. <laughs> listen, listen, listen. They're OU here, okay? All right. Ohio Bobcats uh, minus five. Uh, no, they're actually plus five, but I'm going to take – I'm going to take Florida Atlantic and the fighting Tom Hermans. That that'll never get weird to me. He's at Florida Atlantic. Give me minus five Florida Atlantic. And guess Dang. who followed him there? Casey Thompson, former quarterback for both Nebraska and the University of Texas. Wait, Casey Thompson isn't at Nebraska? He is what? at Florida Atlantic playing for Tom Herman. He's their quarterback, seriously? Yes. I didn't know that. Is he starting? I don't know. I, I would imagine. I'm gonna look up the stats. Um, all right, so Bob's locks this week. I, I kind of walked looking up the stats. I, I didn't, I didn't me, quite know which games to go. Give me a second, okay? Mac I'm just trying to fill dead air time because you're sitting here typing on your computer to try to find Casey Thompson's stats. Yeah, over 48 <laughs> points, over 48 points. Can we do over unders? <laughs> God damn it, why are you always picking on me? <laughs> Hey, did you did you find the Casey Thompson information you're looking for? Yeah, he yeah, Casey Thompson is their starting quarterback. He threw for 280, 280 and five touchdowns last week. That's pretty pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> That's pretty good. I have a feeling he might do pretty well in the American this year. Uh if we're just if we're looking at it that way. Uh big 12 games this week. I'm gonna take Illinois plus three Friday night lights at David Booth Memorial Stadium against the fighting Kansas Blackhawks in their stupid uniforms that they're wearing. I'm also gonna take Rice plus nine and a half versus Houston. I think you know, old Southwest Conference matchup. Rice didn't look too terrible in that first half against Texas. How much of that was Rice? How much of that was Texas? Who who knows? We'll find out. And again, I still think Dana Holgerson sucks, and I think Houston sucks. So it's going to be really interesting. Uh, and then I'm going to take Cincinnati plus seven at Pitt. I just I think Pitt is the Pitts. I, I think they suck. Uh, and Cincinnati looked great last weekend, so they're going to ride high going into that old. Uh, they were in the Big East together for for a period. Are of you time. are you picking against me? Is that what you're saying right now? What do you mean? I took that game. Okay, cool. Are you picking against me? Are you? What are we doing here? I had you, it's on here before you even gave your picks. So shut up. Bullshit. You just changed it. No, that was the one that I kept. Me and Bob had the same pit, uh, game last week, and look who uh, turned out well in that yeah, one. Yeah, fair enough. Well, uh, you're. Well, that's a challenge. Then you're challenging me because I did take pit. Uh, right. Hold on, that's no, I took, I don't remember who I took. No, I didn't remember. I took that's the over under. Bragging rights. For my national game of the week, I'm taking Colorado minus three and a half versus Nebraska. I think CU looked really solid last week against TCU, who I think is still going to be a pretty solid team this year. And I, what did I tell you guys? I, I thought that Dion would do pretty well at CU, and, and they looked really solid offensively. Defensively, I would take the over on this game, <laughs> just if we're being honest. Uh, Matt Rule, 
that what's, dude he, is... what's he over under in this game? Nebraska uh... could scored 10 points against what <laughs> is going That's to be considered true. a very bad Minnesota team. That's true. I didn't think I guess Colorado good. gave up a lot of points. Yeah, Nebraska looked like ass last week. Uh, over under is 57 and a half points. Oh my god. Colorado could put up 45 on their own, but would Nebraska put up 13? I don't know. They're Hard to say. Iowa. It's in Folsom too. Um, I believe. I think it's in Folsom. Um, yeah. And then Sicko game. I'm shocked neither of you picked this one. El Asico is this weekend. This is like the Sicko game of all Sicko games. Iowa versus Iowa State. It's at Iowa State. I'm still taking Iowa. Iowa looked at least somewhat proficient with Cade McNamara last weekend in the first half. The second half, I don't think they even scored. I, maybe they did. Maybe they didn't. I don't know. I didn't watch the game, but I'm taking Iowa minus three and a half. Can Iowa score four points in this game? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> can can a team win four to three in a game? Let's see. Has that ever happened? Dude, Iowa, Iowa might win this four to zero, and they would still cover. I safeties and win. And the I, reason yeah. why I didn't pick this game is because I had, I watched no highlights for the Iowa State game last week, and I it's a sicko game like in general. Like I don't feel I just felt it wasn't in my mind to bet a game with two Iowa schools that are under investigation for gambling. I was just kind of against that. So well, you're so you're so ethical. You're taking the moral high ground, I see. Yeah, yeah. As always, I take the moral high ground in everything I do, all the decisions that I made. And I just felt for the student-athlete welfare in that state, I could not place a bet on that game. You and Kirk Ferentz would get along really well because Kirk Ferentz felt very targeted by the Iowa Sports and Gambling Commission uh, when Iowa and Iowa State were the only two teams that were that were targeted for that. Really. I, feel, I feel that way when you guys are bullying me. That's how I feel. You know, you could you could pick anybody in the world, but you bully me. Pot, me? meat, kettle. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm of the opinion that if people are getting bullied, what are they doing that's getting them bullied? And maybe it's some of your tinfoil conspiracies. <laughs> okay. Speaking of, it's not really a, a conspiracy, but you want to hear the weirdest daydream I had today? Okay. <laughs> What's the earliest college football hasn't lost all, uh, undefeated? Like, could it be in week two? You know how like every like there's always a fifty percent of the losers are in week one, and then week two like all losers played all winners, and then those all losers beat the winners. You know what I'm saying? Like, could it be the earliest in week two? Well, how? What's the odds of that happening? Oh. The Very odds good. of that happening are probably like not even calculable. Because, calcul- <laughs> like, what's the earliest? Like, it could possibly happen in week two, right? Technically, There's, there is a possibility that that could happen in week two. I was looking like, oh, at it. I was trying to look this up. What's the earliest all teams in college? It, it, would, it would obviously have to deal with like scheduling and stuff like that. Like, it would have to align perfectly. Okay, but no, but if you had, yeah, because if you had two, two, well, two one and O teams play against each it, other, it would be impossible. But what I'm saying is, like, if because at the beginning of the football season, after week one, there's going to be fifty percent people with zero and one, and fifty percent with one and O. What 
by some grace of God miracle that we had those all losers play all winners and all the losers beat the winners. We could have no undefeated teams by week two. <laughs> this is the dumbest thing I have ever heard. But something that I could easily see happen from like NCAA football 2014 on that. Yes. That's exactly. <laughs> Hold on, or it. how did how are there six teams undefeated <laughs> in my season? This is exactly what I I had the daydream in my head was like an NCAA football game where it's like oh shit like damn there's no undefeated teams and it's week two. <laughs> oh my god! How did Buffalo get to number two in the BCS and K State number three out of six undefeated teams? <laughs> and there's always and. And in in the game, there's always like a top twenty team that has like seven losses. <laughs> yeah, didn't no bowl game. But I want to know. I want to know that. Like, I mean, what's the odds of that? I want to know that. I, the problem is you have to. <laughs> well, there's a lot of problems with this, but <laughs> I would say the earliest would have. I mean, t- technically, the earliest would be week two, but it wouldn't work ever because. You the scheduling, to. but it, there could be some like random anomaly that just happened to happen that year where you know we're all undefeated are playing all defeated, and it just happened to be that way. I'm glad we ended the episode on a high note like that. <laughs> Everybody, like and subscribe to the YouTube channel and scene. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, with that, <laughs> we're gonna call it. For all of us here at Cocaine Willie, thanks for listening to the show on your podcast feed or watching us on YouTube. Do us a favor if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star rating. And if you're watching on YouTube, give us a like on the video. As always, you can follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube at Cocaine Willie, or follow us individually. I am at Bob Trollsby. Chef is at Chef Andre Napier. And Fireball Matt is at Matt Marchesini. Chef. Don't do cocaine, and cocaine's a hell of a drug, baby. I didn't know this episode was sponsored by Dare. <laughs> we are all coke and no joke, Wildcat Country. Let's ride. Let's ride. Let's ride. Let's ride.